The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com earnings right now. netsuite.com earnings. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Friday, January 7th, 2022. Coming up this hour. The Northeast faces its first major winter storm of the year. Wall Street awaits the highly anticipated December jobs report. A top Fed official weighs in on rate hikes as soon as March. And GameStop surges on news that's getting into non-fungible tokens. Road crews are busy treating streets for the snowy morning commute. Plus, it's sentencing day in Georgia for three white men in the murder of Ahmad Aubrey. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stash, Aaron Sports. A big comeback, a shot at the buzzer, and the Knicks beat the Celtics. The Devils won. The Rangers won. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak on Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 99.1 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 106.1 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow, and U.S. futures are higher this morning ahead of today's jobs report. We're coming up to 6.01 on Wall Street. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 8 points, Dow futures up 41, NASDAQ futures up 23. Ten-year Treasury, little change, the yield 1.72 percent. They yield on the two-year 0.87 percent, and Bitcoin at 42000 $200. Nathan. All right, Karen, we'll have more on markets in a minute. First, a snowstorm continues to blanket much of the Northeast this morning. Let's get the details and how it may affect the roads from Bloomberg meteorologist Rob Carolyn. Good morning, Rob. Good morning, Nathan. The storm that's in the process of developing off the coast of southern New England, well, it's already brought uh, some snow to the district in Baltimore, though the storm is about done there. They'll have very little additional accumulations. In fact, the sun will be coming out quickly this morning. New York City, any additional accumulations this morning are under two inches. The snow should be done in the tri-state area by about midday. And as we head up into Boston, there the storm is only getting going now. Uh, we'll be dealing with snow heavy at times through the morning commute and into the midday hours. It looks like Boston's probably going to receive the highest totals from this storm. Okay, Rob, so what kind of accumulations are we thinking we're going to get from this storm? Well, Nathan, there aren't going to be any additional accumulations of snow in the district of Baltimore. The New York City area probably comes in around three, maybe as high as six inches in some spots. It's Boston that gets the jackpot. There'll be four to seven inches in the Boston metro area, and there will be some areas southwest of Boston that could have over nine. 
I'm Rob Carolyn, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Rob, thank you, and we'll be checking in with you all morning. But first, we turn to the markets. We're capping off a volatile week with a highly anticipated jobs report for December. Estimates call for payroll gains of 447000 Here with more is Bloomberg Economics correspondent Michael McKee. Two questions hang over the December payrolls report. Will there be an Omicron effect? And how will the Fed see the report in the context of policy moves? The survey week was in the first half of December, before the COVID variant dominated the news or infections. ADP says it didn't affect hiring all that much, reporting a big gain in leisure and hospitality jobs. But the ISM Services Index suggests services hiring slowed during the month. The December 15th Fed minutes released this week show policymakers felt then the U.S. was close to full employment. If that's ratified by the monthly jobs report, it may mean the Fed is ready to start raising rates. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Mike, thanks. So when it comes to Fed policy, St. Louis President Jim Bullard's weighing in. He's enforcing the view rate hikes could start this spring. The FOMC could also begin raising the policy rate as early as the March meeting in order to be in a better position to control uh, inflation. Jim Bullard made the comments to the CFA Society in St. Louis. Traditionally, he has been one of the most hawkish members of the Fed. Jobs matter to the Fed, Nathan, but so does the pandemic. Coronavirus cases continue to come in near record highs, and testing remains a challenge. Abbott Laboratories CEO Robert Ford tells us he's ramping up production of COVID tests. We've seen, obviously, a new variant, a pretty highly transmissible variant, in combination with a period of the year where there's a lot of travel. Uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas, people wanted to get together. Uh, so the combination of those two factors really had a pretty unprecedented demand here. Abbott's CEO Robert Ford said the company expects to produce 70 million tests this month. Well, meantime, Karen, the White House and the U.S. Postal Service are making final plans to deliver 500 million test kits to households. That's according to the Washington Post, which says they want to start shipping tests by the middle of this month. An official announcement could come next week. From New York to L.A., Nathan, major metro areas across the country are getting hit hard by COVID. Some of the details now from Bloomberg's Ed Baxter, beginning in Chicago. Almost 90% of the city's ICU beds are occupied. It has canceled classes for a third day because of cases and disagreement with teachers over COVID tests. Meanwhile, New York City expects to have 2.5 million more at-home tests in hand today, but they are going for the reopening of schools. In Los Angeles, cases have sidelined more than 800 police and firefighters, and Alaska Airlines cut 120 flights yesterday. And according to FlightAware, an industry-wide almost 2,000 flights because of employee illness combined with weather. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ed, thank you. With flights canceled, the travel industry is under pressure again. Marriott President Stephanie Leonard says these are real challenges, but they won't derail the recovery. And while there was bumps from Delta, the business came back very clear, very quickly when we got past that variant. We're anticipating the same thing with, with Omicron, that we will see some bumps in the recovery, and it depends. We have 30 brands in 140 countries, so we'll see some bumps, but we don't think it's going to stop the recovery. Marriott President Stephanie Leonard's made the comments in an interview on Bloomberg Television. Shares of Marriott are trading near an all-time high to start the year. Omicron continues to impact the workplace, Nathan. Bank of America is the latest company pushing back return-to-office plans. And we get the story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. The company encouraged its U.S. employees to work remotely through the week, starting January 10th, as the bank evaluates its next move. This, according to an internal memo, the firm had earlier advised workers to stay home through at least this week. In the memo, the bank also continued to encourage staff to get fully vaccinated and receive booster shots, stopping 
nothing short of implementing a full mandate. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thanks, Charlie. In the markets today, the turbocharged worlds of cryptocurrencies and meme stocks have collided. Bloomberg News has learned GameStop plans to launch a marketplace for non-fungible tokens by the end of the year. The company's also in talks with crypto and blockchain companies about which tokens could be used on the platform. Shares of GameStop are up 19% in early trading. Futures are higher. S&P futures up almost 9 points. Dow futures up 45. NASDAQ futures higher by 30 points. The 10-year Treasury little changed. The yield on the 10-year note 1.72%. Straight ahead, local headlines, check of sports, and this wintry weather. This is Bloomberg. At 6.07 on Wall Street, it is indeed snowing still. 29 degrees in Central Park and a number of accidents that Peter Van will have details on for you shortly. First, Michael Barr with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. Parts of the tri-state area are under a winter storm warning. The fast-moving system is expected to dump up to six inches of snow by the end of the morning, but it will make the commute a mess. Emergency preparations are underway, but with record COVID cases and isolation rates, some departments are working at a disadvantage against the incoming weather. Edward Grayson, the commissioner of New York's Department of Sanitation, says he believes they'll have enough staff to prepare for the storm, but they'll have to extend shifts and work around current shortages. Just like every other city agency, we've been definitely hit hard in this recent wave and uptick in COVID cases. Right now, we're about 23% staffing outage. Sanitation Commissioner Grayson says for now, they will be operating in 12-hour shifts. It is sentencing day for three white men convicted of murder in the deadly chase and shooting of Ahmaud Aubrey. In November, a Georgia jury found father and son Greg and Travis McMichael and their neighbor William Bryan guilty of murder and other crimes in the February 2020 killing of the 25-year-old black man. University of Georgia Law Chair Emeritus Ron Carlson says Superior Court Judge Timothy Walsby will have limited options because murder carries a mandatory life sentence in Georgia. The judge's options are very narrow, but these are very important distinctions. Does he levy a sentence of life without parole or life with parole? Carlson with the University of Georgia says the jury's verdict sent a message that vigilante justice will not be tolerated. Former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is set to make a virtual appearance today before an Albany judge. Prosecutors are moving to dismiss the only criminal charge filed against the Democrat in connection with the sexual harassment allegations that drove him from office. It accused Cuomo of groping an aide in the executive mansion in December of 2020, eight months before he resigned. Online sports betting in New York is a day away from reality. The New York Gaming Commission says that it has approved mobile operator licenses for Caesars, DraftKings, FanDuel, and Bet Rivers Rush Street Interactive. They can begin taking wagers as of 9 a.m. local time Saturday. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thanks, Michael. Coming up to 610 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stanshower. Thanks, Nathan. An absolutely epic game at the Garden. This game had everything. A big comeback. The Knicks trailed the Celtics by 25 in the first half. They were still down 18 in the third quarter. A tremendous individual performance. The ex-Celtic, Evan Fournier, who had already had two 32-point games versus Boston, went for a career-high 41. He tied a Knicks record 
with 10 three-pointers, and this game had an amazing finish. Far sideline, half-court left, 1.5 to go, tie game at 105. To Barrett, one dribble, right wing three for the win. Baker is good! He banked it in! Barrett banked it in! And the Knicks have won the ball game! At the buzzer! And Toe and told it on WEPN. R.J. Barrett, who scored 32 the other night, was having a bad game. He had shot 3 of 14 before hitting the game winner. These same two teams play again tomorrow night in Boston. The Nets play Milwaukee tonight in Brooklyn, which means Kyrie Irving cannot play due to the vaccine mandate. He's got to wait till the next road game, which is Monday in Portland. Rangers on the road, five straight games and not a good start to the trip. A 5-1 loss at Vegas. Rangers only had 19 shots on goal. The Devils beat Columbus 3-1. Jack Hughes is in on all three, a goal and two assists. Eric Chavez just hired to be the Yankees' assistant hitting coach. He's already resigned. He got a better job as the Mets' hitting coach. Season finales for the Giants and Jets Sunday. The Giants limp to the finish, hosting Washington. Patriots fans will root for the Jets to upset the Bills in Buffalo. New England needs a win in Miami and a Buffalo loss to win the AFC East. Bloomberg Sports, Nathan. All right, John. Thanks. Right now, S&P futures are up almost 10 points. Dow futures up 44. NASDAQ futures higher by 38 points. Ten-year Treasury yield 1.72%. NYMEX crude up 9 tenths percent or 75 cents at $80.21 a barrel. Ahead of the December payrolls report, we'll get a preview next with Bloomberg Economics correspondent Michael McKee. Stay with us. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather, the winter weather advisory in effect all morning. Could see another inch on top of the light snow this morning. The high near 35 degrees, mostly sunny, low 30s tomorrow. Rain and a high near 40 on Sunday. Currently snow in 29. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stock index futures on the rise this morning. The dollar falling as risk-taking returns to markets at the end of a turbulent week with investors weighing U.S. employment gains against the Federal Reserve's policy tightening plans. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 11 points this morning. Down futures up 41. NASDAQ futures up 51. The DAX in Germany is down a tenth of a percent. Ten-year Treasury down 132nd. Yield 1.72 percent. The yield on the two-year 0.87 percent. NYMEX crude oil is up nine tenths percent or 71 cents at $80.17 a barrel. COMEX gold little changed at 1789.90 an ounce. The euro 1.1302 against the dollar. British pound 1.3545 and the yen's at 115.83. And checking Bitcoin this morning. Moving lower, down 1.9% at $42,300. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, the Supreme Court is taking up two major Biden administration efforts to bump up the nation's vaccination rate against COVID-19. The justices are hearing arguments today about whether to allow the administration to enforce a vaccine or testing requirement. That applies to large employers and a separate vaccine mandate for most health care workers. The White House and U.S. Postal Service are making final plans to deliver 500 million coronavirus test kits to households. The Washington Post reports officials seek to begin shipments by the middle of January. In the NBA, the Knicks beat the Celtics 108-105. The Warriors lost 
In the NHL, the Devils won. The Rangers and Bruins lost. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. Okay, Michael, thank you. It is 619 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak, and as we await the release of the December payrolls report, we're joined this morning by Bloomberg Economics correspondent Michael McKee. Mike, good morning. Seems like a lot of economists are expecting an upside surprise after this week's blowout ADP number, but as we've seen in the past, ADP doesn't always line up with what the Labor Department uh, puts out, right? Yeah, they don't. Uh, match up in terms of the absolute magnitude. However, they do kind of give an idea of the level and direction uh, that we're going in. ADP finding a big number for the month of December probably means that uh, Wall Street is going to lean towards an upside surprise, and that's what we're seeing in the whisper numbers on on Wall Street this morning. Uh, the market kind of looking for about 500,000. We started the week with a look at, uh, with an expectation in the Bloomberg survey of 400,000, so we've moved up to 447 for this morning, uh, but uh, again, Wall Street looking for a slightly higher number. And I guess we're wondering whether we're going to start to see a little bit of an Omicron effect in this number. I mean, uh, I think the uh, December payrolls doesn't necessarily cover when Omicron first emerged, but we might see maybe a, a little bit of an effect there. You know, it's hard to uh, hard to tell. The uh, establishment survey, which counts the number of uh, jobs created, or in this case, probably jobs restored, uh, is taken in the the around the pay period that includes the twelfth of the month. So, uh, some people get paid weekly, some biweekly. So, basically, from the first of the month to about the seventeenth, and Omicron didn't really take off until after that. It was starting to uh, be in the news, but it wasn't in term. Uh, the case counts weren't so large. So it is also possible, and this evidence maybe from ADP, that we could see a, high, a bit of a hiring surge in some service industry jobs because we were in a little interregnum between Delta and Omicron and people felt better about going out. Which would be interesting to see, but it's been really uh, sort of a challenge to gauge the health of the labor market, hasn't it, when we've seen sort of subdued uh, weekly jobless claims over the last several months. At the same time, though, the labor force participation rate has really been stuck. This has been one of the hardest time periods for economists to figure out what's going on because there are no models for what's happened, shutting down an entire economy and reopening it as the pandemic continues. And you have a lot of people, uh, they call it the great resignation, who have decided they're going to stay on the sidelines, either permanently or for quite some time either because they were going to retire anyways, and it's been a baby boomer thing, or mm-hmm. because they built up enough savings from the government stimulus that they can sit on the sidelines until they feel safer about going back to work. And, of course, now that school's back in session, we have a lot of people who are concerned about uh, child care if the schools are closed. So a lot of things contribute to making this really hard to forecast. Yeah, and that points to the breakdown of ages in the labor force participation rate as well. What's the expectation going into this report about how that could break down? Well, we're looking for a tick upward to 61.9 in the uh, labor force participation rate. It was almost 63 before the pandemic began. So we've got a ways to go to catch up and uh, probably won't be doing that anytime soon, which keeps the unemployment rate falling. The biggest 
departures from the labor force are the, those who are older, 55 and older. Uh, but the prime age workforce has started to come back, and we'll see if that trend continues. And what's the trend when it comes to wages? We've heard so many reports about businesses offering big retention bonuses and raising regular wages as well. Uh, what are we looking for there? That's the number the Fed is going to be really concerned about. Are we going to see some kind of a wage price spiral? And for that, we would need to see continuing increases in wages. And it's kind of hard to know because we're still trying to get back to where we were with jobs. How much of this is a one-time increase because companies are trying to entice people back to uh, the office? And how much of it is an ongoing, we've got to keep raising wages because we can't find anybody to work, which means we have to raise prices to pay for it. Uh, That's going to be something to keep an eye on. In our last 30 seconds here, is there a risk that a downside surprise could shake the Fed when it comes to the path on policy tightening? I wouldn't worry too much about a downside surprise because the Fed's not tightening yet. It only would push back the idea of a rate increase in March. But if we get a strong upside surprise, then you'll see a lot of movement uh, towards pricing in a definite move in March. All right. All right. Uh, Bloomberg Economics correspondent Michael McKee with us this morning before the release of the final uh, snapshot on uh, the U.S. labor market. The December payrolls report of 2021 due out at 8.30 a.m. Wall Street time. Stay with Bloomberg Radio and Bloomberg Television for complete coverage of the numbers and analysis, including reaction from Labor Secretary Marty Walsh. She's going to be joining us around 10 a.m. Wall Street time on both Bloomberg Radio and Television. You'll definitely want to tune in for that conversation. Looking ahead to the market open, S&P futures are up 11 points. Dow futures up 51. NASDAQ futures also higher by 51 points. As it turns out, this is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather. The winter weather advisory continues through the morning. Another inch or so of snow possible with a high near 35 degrees. Low 30s tomorrow. Rain near 40 on Sunday. 29 degrees right now. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130 to Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco. Bloomberg 960 to the country. Sirius XM Channel 119 and around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 6.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We're just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Let's get you up to date on the news you need to know at this hour. Snow blanketing the Northeast this morning. More on that coming up with Bloomberg meteorologist Rob Carolyn. But first, futures are higher ahead of the December jobs report. Economists are forecasting a rebound from last month with a gain of 447,000 jobs. And we get more from Bloomberg's Vinnie Dal Judice. U.S. payroll growth missed Wall Street forecasts in November with a tepid gain, just 210,000, the weakest showing since December 2020. Bloomberg Economics says the COVID-19 Omicron variant could weigh on the December data. At the same time, weekly jobless claims remain near a half-century low, running at 207,000, and U.S. job openings have been running at all-time highs. Vinitel, Judice Bloomberg, Daybreak. Vinny, thanks. Traders will be watching that jobs data for any hints on future Fed policy. St. Louis Fed President Jim Bullard is weighing in. He says the central bank could start hiking rates as soon as March. 
Well, Nathan, the Fed's also watching the pandemic as COVID cases continue to come in near record highs. Testing also remains an issue. And now the Washington Post reports the White House is working on a plan to deliver 500 million test kits to households. Now let's turn to markets, Karen. Shares of GameStop are up 19 percent in early trading. Bloomberg News has learned the company plans to launch a marketplace for non-fungible tokens by the end of the year. We get more from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. The source says it's in talks with crypto and blockchain companies about which tokens could be used on the NFT marketplace. It's also said to be discussing with partners the potential for creating a number of funds of up to $100 million each to invest in NFT content creators and gaming companies. Over the last few months, the source says GameStop has assembled a team of more than 20 people that's focused on the crypto-related push. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Charlie, thank you. And Bitcoin is falling this morning. This latest slide has the digital token now trading at its lowest level since September. It's off about 40% from its record reached in November. And checking Bitcoin right now, it's down more than 2% at $42,200. Futures are higher. S&P futures up 10 points. Dow futures up 32. NASDAQ futures up 50. The DAX in Germany is down two-tenths of a percent. Ten-year Treasury, little change, yield 1.72%. And the yield on the two-year point. NYMEX crude oil is up 7 tenths percent or 55 cents at $80 one cent a barrel. And COMEX gold is up a tenth of a percent. And straight ahead, your latest local headlines as well as a check on the snow. We check sports as well. And this is Bloomberg. All right, Karen, thank you. 633 on Wall Street, 28 degrees in Central Park as that snow continues to fall and cause a lot of accidents on the roads this morning. Michael Barr, what's going on? Oh, my, the snowy weather is impacting the tri-state area in New Jersey. Governor Phil Murphy has declared a state of emergency. Winter storm warnings have also been issued for Long Island. In Connecticut, Governor Ned Lamont has closed state offices. Let's get a look at the weather system that's causing headaches with Bloomberg meteorologist Rob Carolyn. Michael, the snow across the tri-state area will taper off and end around midday. It's already ending down around the Washington area, and that uh, trend will work its way towards the north and east this morning. Again, the worst of the weather is going to be off to our north and east, out towards New England, where they could see over half a foot in some spots, much of the tri-state area picking up a couple of inches. And again, improving conditions for the afternoon. I expect the afternoon commute to be much better than this morning's. Michael? Thanks, Rob. Emergency preparations are underway to get the streets in shape because of the winter weather. New York Sanitation Commissioner Ed Grayson says the city is well prepared for the snow. In the end of the day, we have a very robust number of staff to be able to man all of our a full soft spread of complement, a large number of plows on extended tours. We're going to shift our operation to two 12-hour days. Edward Grayson of New York Sanitation Department says they're ready despite a 23% staff shortage due to covid And as Rob Carolyn mentioned, many areas will get about several inches of snow, but other areas under the emergency could get up to six inches, maybe more. Three white men convicted of murder in the deadly chase and shooting of Ahmaud Arbery are due back in court for sentencing today. A Georgia jury in November found father and son Greg and Travis McMichael and their neighbor William Bryan guilty of murder in the killing of the 25-year-old black man. University of Georgia Law Chair Emeritus Ron Carlson says it's likely the judge already has an idea of what the sentence will be. The jury's verdict sent a message that vigilante justice will not be tolerated, and the chances are the judge will reinforce that message. 
Emeritus Ron Carlson says it's unclear whether the McMichaels and Brian will speak publicly during sentencing. The mandatory minimum is life in prison. Representative Adam Kinzinger of Illinois, only one of two Republicans on the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th Capitol attack, reflected on that day. Kinzinger told Bloomberg's Joe Matthew the Republican Party divide could get worse. I think leaders had an opportunity after January 6th to stand together and actually do what the title says, to lead and say, look, this election wasn't stolen. Representative Kinzinger, Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Tech, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Native. Okay, Michael, thanks. 6.36 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stashen. All right, Nathan. The Knicks and Celtics open the season with a double overtime Knicks win at the Garden. Their game last night may have topped that one for drama. The Knicks trailed by as much as 25. Didn't take their first lead until just over two minutes to play. The Celtics' Jason Tatum had a game-time shot with a second and a half to go, so it looked like overtime again. R.J. Barrett banked in a three-pointer at the buzzer. Knicks won 108. 105. Definitely a tougher shot. You know, Jason's so tall, but uh, yeah, I mean, every time I shoot, I think it's going in. So. Man, that was crazy. I honestly didn't even, I didn't even really see it because I fell. <laughs> I didn't even see it go in, but just from everybody else's reaction, you know, I could tell. So that was cool. Barrett, who scored 32 points in the win the other night, had shot only three of 14 before hitting that game winner. Evan Fournier, who did not score a single point. In that recent win over Indiana, last night erupted for a career-high 41 points. He tied a Knicks record with 10 three-pointers. He made 10 of 14 in three games versus his former team this season. Fournier is averaging 36, far and away his best three games with Nick Emmanuel. Quickly played a big role in the comeback. He scored 16. Tatum led Boston with 36. Same two teams again tomorrow night in Boston. Nets tonight host Milwaukee. The Rangers lost 5-1 in Vegas. Chris Kreider, the only Ranger goal, is 21st. Devils beat Columbus 3-1. Jack Hughes, a goal and two assists. March 11, 2020, Utah Jazz Center Rudy Gobert became the first athlete to knowingly test positive for COVID. The NBA immediately shut down. Everyone else followed suit. Yesterday, Gobert tested positive again. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports Nathan. Thank you, John. It is coming up to 638 on Wall Street. Time to take a look at stocks. Some of the names moving in the pre-market. Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent. Kriti Gupta is with us this morning, starting off with a meme stock name that's Looking to the future, apparently, Creedy. Yeah, I mean, a year ago, Nathan, we were in the middle of a meme stock frenzy. And it right. looks like we're starting 2022 to the same uh, degree. Except this time, there might be some fundamentals to back it up. GameStop, GME is your ticker, soaring 19% in the pre-market after they announced, or I should say Dow Jones reported, that they entered, they are entering, excuse me, the NFT and crypto markets, trying to build an online marketplace that will launch later this year. It sounds like they've already hired about 20 people to build out the operation. And like I said, in anticipation of that launch later this year where they will be partnering with some of those uh, crypto makers and other major partnerships. So once again, GME is your ticker this morning, up 19%. Let's just take a look at uh, the chip maker space because Samsung reported quarterly profit that climbed more than 50% after chip prices stabilized. And sales of smartphones also surged, reinforcing the hopes that maybe, just maybe, the memory industry will reemerge. So you are seeing some of those uh, chip makers rally in sympathy. MU, Micron Technology, up seven-tenths of a percent. And NVIDIA as well, NVDA, up eight-tenths of a percent. 
We should move on to T-Mobile, though, falling, though, after the company reported preliminary postpaid phone churn for the fourth quarter that was worse than analysts had projected. Essentially, they reported earnings that were pretty good. Their estimates for fourth quarter growth capping its biggest ever annual gain. But this is the big, uh, big hitter, basically. They predicted an industry slowdown in 2022 as carriers move away from the free phone promotions that have fueled such a frenzy of signups in the first place. TMUS is your ticker there, down 1.4%. I'll wrap it up here, Nathan, with Mm -hmm. Deere expecting a, quote, slow rollout of autonomous tractors this year. The chief technology officer telling Bloomberg's very own Ed Ludlow that the company will roll out between 10 and 50 such tractors this year. Uh, DE is your ticker there, up 9 tenths of a percent, Nathan. All right, real quickly, Creedy, let's run through some analyst calls. Yeah, well, let's just go with the big one here. Kohl's, it looks like, is the big call here. KSS is your ticker dropping after UBS downgrades it uh, to a sell and slashes the price target to a Wall Street low on the challenging outlook for the stock in 2022 on inflationary pressure. Kohl's taking a beating this morning down 3.9% in the pre-market. All right, Bloomberg Radio TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta. Happy weekend when it comes around. Thanks for the update. And as we take a look at stocks as a whole ahead of the Friday morning open and the release of the December payrolls report, futures are picking up. S&P futures up almost 10 points now. Dow futures up 30. NASDAQ futures higher by 49 points. Little change to the 10-year. The yield on the benchmark 10-year note, 1.72%. Stay with us. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather, light snow will end this morning. Maybe another inch of accumulation with a high near 35. Low 30 sunshine tomorrow. Rain Sunday afternoon with a high near 40. Currently 28 snowy degrees. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Kara in Moscow, and this update is brought to you by SEI. Crises emphasize character and partnership. One mission, one community, SEI. Go to SEIC.com slash IMS. And futures, they're on the rise this morning ahead of that December jobs report. And we go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. Here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. And good morning, Karen. Modest gains in the futures right now. Dow futures up 22 points. SAPs are up 10 well, the Nasdaq futures rise by 52. The U.S. 10 yield at 1.72%. Gold is little changed. Oil trading higher. And Bitcoin is down by 2%. Japan was little changed overnight. While well, European markets are quiet this morning. And back in the U.S. on the economic front, like you said, 8.830, the December jobs report. After the bell last night, T-Mobile customer churn missed estimates. And regarding earnings this morning, Acuity Brands, Q1 adjusted EPS, beat estimates. In other news, GameStop is jumping 17% pre-market as the company plans to launch a marketplace for NFTs. And wrapping things up, McKesson was raised out perform at Credit Suisse. Starbucks cut to second perform at RBC. Kohl's was cut to sell at UBS on inflationary pressure, and AT&T was raised to equal over at Wells Fargo. Live from the First of Breaking News Desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, Bill, thank you. And here live breaking news over your Bloomberg type squawk on your terminal, S-Q-U-A-W-K. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. The Northeast is getting a visit from old man winter. New Jersey is under a state of emergency because of a winter storm that can dump up to six inches of snow. Connecticut has closed state offices. New York City has deployed about 1,600 plows throughout the city. 
Three white men convicted of murder in Georgia in the deadly chase and shooting of Ahmaud Aubrey are due back in court for sentencing today. Father and son, Greg and Travis McMichael, and their neighbor, William Bryan, are expected to get life in prison. North Korea says it will skip next month's Beijing Olympics because of the COVID-19 pandemic and hostile forces moves. Its statement is largely redundant since it has already been suspended from the games by the IOC. In the NBA, the Knicks beat the Celtics 108-105. The Warriors lost. In the NHL, the Devils won. The Rangers and Bruins lost. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Karen. All right, Michael, thank you. At a 649 on Wall Street, let's turn to news and science and technology now with a Bloomberg NJIT STEM report brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, ranked in the top 2% nationally for alumni mid-career earnings and number one in the nation for student upward economic mobility. Learn more at njit.edu. Now here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. One of the first studies to track whether COVID-19 vaccinations might affect women's periods found a small and temporary change. Research tracked nearly 4,000 U.S. women through six menstrual cycles, and on average, the next period after a shot started about a day later than usual. But there was no change in the number of days of menstrual bleeding after COVID-19 vaccination. Bank of America is pushing back its return to office another week. The company is now encouraging U.S. employees to work remotely through the week starting Monday while it evaluates its next move. The bank also continued to encourage workers to get fully vaccinated and receive booster shots, although it stopped short of a full mandate. And COVID is also impacting the gaming industry. E3, the biggest annual video game expo in the country, canceled its event in June. Calling off the conference five months in advance is unusual. CES, the largest consumer electronics show in the U.S., pressed ahead with its event this week in Las Vegas, even as the Omicron variant surges. And that's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan. Thank you, Karen. We are live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. We're at 651 on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in D.C. Some of the top stories from our nation's capital include Congress marking a year since the January 6th riot and showing the wounds still run deep. The White House finalizing plans to ship COVID test kits to millions of American homes. And a watchdog reportedly warning that the Department of Health and Human Services is unprepared to take over the nation's vaccine program. For more on all these stories, we're joined by Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins from the nation's capital. Emily, good morning. Of course, we had uh, hours of events yesterday on Capitol Hill looking back at the events of January 6th, and it really seemed to show the division that still persists in this country. Yeah, I think the, the the biggest image from yesterday was in the House chamber as Speaker Nancy Pelosi uh, did a speech commemorating January 6th. I was in the gallery at the time, and you could see uh, a handful of, of Democrats who had come, made the trip back to Washington. They're not in session this week, but they made the trip to be here um, and, and to sort of just stand in recognition. And then you looked over to the Republican side of the chamber, and it was almost completely empty. The only two uh, Republican Officials who were there were Liz Cheney and her father, Dick Cheney. And as they exited the chamber, um, I was a part of a group of reporters who, who asked Dick Cheney, you know, why he decided to come today and, and what he thought about current Republican leadership. And the response that he gave us was that. Republican leaders today, he didn't recognize them from the folks that he worked with when he uh, was in power as vice president. And I think that was sort of a, a really powerful 
image summarizing where Congress stands today, a year after January 6th. Um, most Republicans weren't even on the Hill. A number of them were at Senator Johnny Isaacson's funeral down in Georgia. Uh, but uh, there were two other Republicans on the Hill. They weren't in the room, but Marjorie Taylor um, and Mac. Uh, Gates did a presser where they uh, reiterated a number of conspiracy theories and and other uh, items that don't really have any evidence behind them as part of January 6th. So there's really sort of a a wide gulf, not only just between the Democrat and Republican parties on what happened and what's need to go forward, but also within the Republican Party on how they think about and talk about January 6th. Yeah, and it shows sort of a wide gulf between how Republicans talked about January 6th and the immediate aftermath and how they talk about it now. You remember a number of forceful denunciations of former President Trump in the in the days following the attack. But now for many Republicans, it's been like a complete 180. Absolutely. I mean, you saw this this moment um, immediately after the attacks when lawmakers returned to the floor where there seemed to be a moment of unity. But then what happened is you had 147 Republicans go ahead and uh, vote to oppose the certification of various states' electoral votes, which was the, part of the whole reason that rioters had stormed the building to begin with, is that they were told, uh, they were lied to repeatedly that the election was stolen, even though we have people from Trump's own cabinet, who did research on the election and said that that it was legitimate, um, that it actually went off fairly, fairly well, especially for an election with a lot of mail-in ballots for the first time. Um, And this is sort of a narrative that you wonder how it's going to be playing into 2022. We've already seen a number of candidates, Republicans, uh, who are throwing their hat into the ring to run, uh, repeat the lie that Joe Biden is not president, that the 2020 election was stolen. And this seems to sort of be a part of the, the the dialogue that you need to say if you want to gain Trump's support, if you want to gain the support for Trump's followers. So this is certainly something that's going to continue to be discussed uh, into this midterm year and probably as well as 2024. All right. Well, let's go forward to some other developments in Washington. The White House, as you know, has been really trying to play catch up on this shortage of COVID tests across the country. And now we're hearing that they're getting closer to a plan. Yes. Uh, so they've uh, one thing that they are working on, and this was per the Washington Post, is that they're getting closer on sending out uh, those millions of testing kits to Americans, getting a website in place. Um, we're hearing White House officials say by mid-January that Americans can log on to request one of those at-home testing kits and receive that in the mail. Um, they're also moving with uh, forward with ha- taking responsibility for the vaccines. Uh, this was something that was being shared partly by the Pentagon, but is now shifted to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Although now we've got now on the terminal a story about a uh, government accountability office watchdog uh, flagging that the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services are not fully prepared to take responsibility for this vaccine program, uh, that they just don't have enough staff, that they're not ready to take on all the requirements of it. So I think there's still potential potentially rocky ground ahead in getting out vaccines to American people and getting out tests to American people um, and sort of what the next phase of this pandemic is going to bring. Yeah, certainly we're going to be continuing to watch that. Finally, some new information this morning from the White House on helping low-income people pay their winter heating bills. We've got about 30 seconds left here. 
Yeah. So this one, basically, the White House is allocating several million dollars to help low-income folks with their heating bills this winter. Uh, obviously, uh, states with bigger populations, states that are much colder, are getting the bulk of the funding. And this just comes as the White House is continuing to acknowledge the need for people to have some assistance as uh, COVID and Omicron continue to sweep across the country. Yeah, and timely news as another winter storm uh, blankets the Northeast as we speak. Emily Wilkins of Bloomberg Government. Hope you have a great weekend when it comes around. And you can read more about all these stories at Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal. And a reminder, follow all the latest on Bloomberg Radio in Washington, Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. As we await the market open and the release of December payrolls, futures are moving up slightly. S&P futures up nine points, Dow futures up 14. That's basically a little change. And NASDAQ futures higher by 50 points. Ten-year Treasury is now down 132nd. The yield 1.72%. Yield on the two-year 0.87. NYMEX screwed up six-tenths percent at 79.93 a barrel. The euro 1.1303 against the dollar and Bitcoin at $42,200. Bloomberg Surveillance up next for Karen Moscow. I'm Nathan Hager. This is Bloomberg. To address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.